Go Loud presents Murder Most Irish. our friendship again over international waters i am in wee bonnie scotland and sarah is in london i'm in london having a great time in london have you gone to the vna yet no i can't like because i'm i'm working during the day so i don't finish till like four o'clock <sighs> so just yesterday me and nikita went to the shard nikita okay. what was the name of that restaurant we went to Salt Yard Borough in oh. in the Borough Markets and oh my god it was absolutely delicious. What did you get? It was tapas. So like oh, I love tapas. Uh pa- is it Padron peppers? Padron peppers. Oh my god, they were so good. We got cro- croquettes, we got potato bravas, we got duck, we got a scotch egg. Oh, I love a scotch egg. Um, my fr- I've never had a scotch egg before. And mm. what else did we get? Oh, we got burrata. And oh, we got yeah. flatbread. We got so much food. And I got panna cotta for dessert. Nikita didn't, Nikita didn't like it. Um, and it was absolutely fab. And then we went to the Shard and had a drink um, up in the Shard. And it was really pretty. And then Aww. we got the tube home. Did we do anything else? Like real Londoners. No, um, and then because I didn't get here until late and anyway, and then today I had training. I'm be, I'm doing first aid. Yeah, it's so weird that they made you go to London to do first aid. It's because they don't have an account with anybody in Ireland. It's so ridiculous. Like this course is costing them. So I'm thinking, like, how much money is it going to fucking cost them? Like about two and a half grand so far. Jesus Christ! I couldn't get a hotel around here for like cheap. This was like, and everywhere else was sold out. This hotel cost £1,400. That is insanity. And then the course itself cost £445. And then it's and a three-day three three first aid course on a scud. That is crazy, Sarah. Yeah, three days first aid. Although I know how to put you in the recovery position. Happy days. You know how to do the Heimlich? No, not yet, but I will tomorrow. I know how to... Uh, assess the situation effectively and everything else that I learned today was just like they need to go to the hospital and you can't do anything <laughs> just send them to the hospital wait I tell you yesterday Fabio and I went to Duck and Waffle in Edinburgh and I was like Sarah Jane would fucking love this was it good? he got like yeah he got like a duck le- duck leg on top of a waffle with an egg on top and then like it was maple syrup infused with something else and I was like Sarah would fucking live for this right now me and Nikita went to what's it called Butchies Delicioso and then we went to Harrods Harrods man I'll tell you something about Harrods though my sister and I went to Harrods the last time we were in London and I had one of the nicest meals I've probably ever had in Harrods yeah so there's this like um, it's like a pork restaurant I can't remember where it is in Harrods but we got I got a pork belly with like mashed potato it was fucking beautiful 
we went to the Prada cafe to have a look Prada. Um, but there was no seats of, like you have to book it but yeah. it was actually it wasn't expensive wasn't it Nikita that's good it was normal cafe prices um, but it was very bougie and it was the prettiest green blue green colour I've ever seen wasn't it like the prettiest colour it was like the most serene seafoam green and it's like fully immersed in it um, but it's just a gimmick like the whole Harrods thing is just a gimmick I went, went to the food hall as well and I was like Nikita was laughing at me because every time someone stopped to help us I was like oh no we can't afford any of this we can't afford this like, <laughs> that's thing, I think my, when my sister and I went to Harrods the only thing we could afford was a tote bag that was it we went to Alexander McQueen because I like the jewellery from there and the girl came over and she was like oh, and I just went to her no. no, like we can't buy any of this. And the kids are not getting like, a sale today, ma'am. I was like, I'm not. I said, I'm too. I'm too I said to her, I'm too poor for this. And I went to her, oh no, I'm poor. <laughs> God bless them, though, because they think when you see they see you coming, they're going to like make a big get sale, get commission. And you're like, no, I'm just walking around. These leggings are from Faffy's. <laughs> And these uh, Nike runners came from the kids section. You ain't getting shit. Although I, I think it is one of those things though. Everybody does like the Harrods thing. Everybody goes, you know. But, but. London so many times and I've never ever. So I was like, sure, we'll go up. And it's close enough to the hotel. So Nikita was like, yeah, we'll go up. And then it's just like, on, and the center bit that's all like Egyptian themed. Obviously, because yeah. he's Egyptian. Yeah. It's just like being in a team park. And the perfume counter is horrible it's like really tacky and something like out of the 70s but the rest of it was very pretty and very nice and all the staff were lovely they're lovely um, and no one followed me around as if I was stealing so that was that's nice. good and um, because of my, my when my sister and I went we went upstairs actually Louis Vuitton and there was like a woman there buying clothes for her child like her toddler we went, went to Prada man like yeah. the men's section and there was a woman there buying um like not clothing but like accessories for her like eight-year-old nine-year-old boy did you see that yeah. she had a little boy and she was just buying him stuff man that type of money is not like that doesn't make any sense to me oh, and then we walked in and there was a lady in a wheelchair and it was like either her son or her husband I'm assuming her son because there was a considerable age difference and she had a Balmain like bag like a big bag that they just bought yeah something and he was buying two Prada, Prada backpacks and one of them was £1,675 <sighs> like <laughs> I have like a jacket in my basket in ASOS and it's a hundred euro and I don't want to spend a hundred euro. <laughs> like went to the food hall in Harrods. I made a video. I'll put it all up on TikTok. I'll yeah, I did. And I was like, this is the only thing I can afford in Harrods. <laughs> and it was a red velvet cake and it was a slice of red velvet cake for six pound. Um, did you buy, did you get red velvet cake? Was it nice? No, I did. Well, I'm going to go back and get it tomorrow because Nikita's oh, working late. So I'm going to go up and treat myself. Um, and then we, me and Nikita were going to get like a little tin of caviar. So we were like, we can afford this because I've seen little tins for like yeah. 30 pound. Yeah. The cheapest small tin of caviar, I took a video of that as well, was £75. 
Jesus on Christ. one counter and on the other counter which had like beluga caviar that was 90 pound for a small and i was like no we're going to nope. beluga caviar that's it so i just said like i was like 30 pound for a Max. small i just like a small tin i don't want a massive tin and like honestly the prices like the price of the stuff at the food hall it's just a gimmick like they had like croissants that honestly you get the same croissants in marks and spencer's yeah like, of course an absolute gimmick but it was cute we went we enjoyed it the man outside was very religious and he said that he could save our souls well that's not wait I tell you sir let me tell you something Mm -hmm. so I had the nicest piece of cake in my life when I was in Canada and you want to know where I got it I got it in a vending machine (gasps) oh buddies vending machine and when you go up to order the cake he goes hey Welcome to my vending machine. You want some cake? And then you choose your cake. And then they do, um, they only do cannolis at the weekend. And he kept saying that other thing. Only at the weekend, cannolis. And I was very sad because it wasn't the weekend and I wasn't going to get a cannoli. But I had a slice of chocolate fudge cake. Let me fucking tell you. Vending machine cake. In New York, are always giving out. They're always saying that that's a big scam. Like, Oh, it's fucking delicious. Oh, okay. Flavio and I were like, we were, there was one in the airport and I was like, well, we got another slice. And he was like, yeah. And then I forgot to get it fucking beautiful they they change it every day like we saw them changing it like they refresh it every day how is that how do they make money on that I don't know but it was $10 for a slice of cake so well it's £6.50 for a slice of red velvet and hearts it was really nice but I was. it was actually hilarious like it was good fun um, everybody's just pretending to be rich in there that's the thing a lot of it is just like and then all the really rich people we went down to there's like a Moet champagne counter and we went down, we were down there looking at like Penhaligans and all the, there was like people who clearly are rich. And there was yeah. this one woman and she had no friends. She was just surrounded by bags of shit that she oh bought in her. And she was sitting drinking by herself. I have no news. Nothing is happening. I am keeping, I wasn't keeping abreast of the Trump situation, but then I listened to Pod Save America today and now I'm keeping abreast of the Trump situation. Um, Pod Save America say? They spoke to a lawyer about what's going to happen. And he basically said that what he thinks is going to happen is that he doesn't think Trump is going to be put in handcuffs and he's not going to do a perp walk and there's no photographs going to be taken. That's one thing. But he also said what he's pretty sure is going to happen is that Trump is going to incite violence. Mm -hmm. And he said that's how he'll end up in jail. Because when they arrest him, they're going to release him straight away. He's not going to jail. They're going to release. They, isn't he? Yeah. So they're going to release him. They'll bring him in. They'll book him. So he'll be booked like any other criminal. Um. So he'll be booked. Um. But they will release him. But he said that the what he is pretty sure is going to happen is that Trump is going to somehow incite violence, and when he does that, then his ass is going to be thrown in jail. So that's what he said. He he thinks is going to happen anyway. Um. He's pled not guilty. Yeah. Of course he's pled not guilty, yeah. But uh, yeah, so I was just listening to Pod Save America today and the lawyer was so interesting because he said, like the, the people were saying this is the only president this has happened to. And he was like, that's not true. There was one president before this that this happened to, but it was a hung jury and he was acquitted. Um, can't remember. And he said that people keep saying there's 34 charges, there's 34 charges. So he's definitely going to be done in one. And he said that's not necessarily true. When they say 34 charges, a lot of those charges are just what the FBI can bring forward in order to get the case to go forward. He was like, but most of them will be thrown out. They're not actually substantial. So 
Yeah, um, charges relate to him allegedly falsifying business records. A felony yeah. is usually defined as a crime punishable by mm-hmm. a year or more in prison. Taken together, the charges carry a maximum sentence of 136 years in prison. <laughs> like, yeah, that's not going to because he said that he can see that people are being like, oh, he's going to be in jail for 100 years. And the lawyer is like, that's not going to happen. That's not a thing. Like, it's it's not going to happen. But he did say that he thinks that he is nearly 100% sure from Trump's track record that he's not going to be able to shut his mouth. And that's when the problems are going to start. Because he was like, the, the judge that is overlooking this case will not be like, yeah, you can say and do whatever you want. We're just going to let you do say and do whatever you want. Did you see the farm tax video here? <laughs> no. <laughs> what is it? So he released this like video talking about like, farmers right so obviously he's trying like he's wants to run again for president so like on his website he's doing like tons of videos of the great work in air quotes he did while he was in while Jesus. he was acting president and he was like i'll send you the video later it is the most unhinged thing so he's literally been like um he literally was like i re- so pretty much what he did he got rid of the tax, inheritance tax for farmers. So if you're a farmer and you want to leave your farm to your children, there's no inheritance tax. And he was like, I did this thing. And now when you die, you don't have to worry about the like inheritance tax. And and then he just went and they left in unless you don't like your children. And then he goes down this like long tangent and they cut it with two cameras. So they cut bits out of it. But the stuff they left in, I was like, what? How? Like, uh, and it, it, it's like you can see his brain being unable to shut up. He can't shut up. And this is what the lawyer was saying on Pod Save America. And they were agreeing. They were like, the problem with Donald Trump is he was like, his mouth has gotten him to where he is, but his mouth is going to be his downfall. They were like, if he says anything that could even in any capacity incite any sort of violence or retaliation, he will be thrown in jail. Like, so we're all outside today and anyway like there's people i seen on the news but we shall see what happens yeah i don't have any faith in anything i'm very negative about this whole thing because i just think terrible people get away with things all the time and he's so different like his ass should have been in jail a year ago like for the things that he's done promising <clears throat> that the jury in the in in the that decided that the yeah. right was to indict yeah. him. That that is done by a jury, yeah. closed door uh, process. But I do think that like he's got like I just he's got away with so much. And the other thing yeah. is like he got away with like <laughs> this went to see if he should be indicted, and the person was like, no, he shouldn't because the person was his friend. Yes. Um. But he's openly said like once he got into like become president he was like yeah it was hush money like yeah. I, I gave her that money yeah. to stop her talking about it like then the what they're trying to say now is that he knew that it would sway the election and that if he didn't pay the money that essentially that's essentially fiddling with election election like yeah, yeah, yeah election it's not election rigging because you're not rigging the votes but, no. it's but you're swaying you're swaying it because you're, you're essentially hiding the truth of what happened so that people don't know who you really are what really happened so that they make a decision on the basis of false information American politics is completely insane it really is it is unhinged 
we like, do not have it here no but we'll, we'll see what happens like it's it's an interesting time but it, it I, is like, an interesting like time you i just think it's not going to go anywhere and like for the guys on Pod Save America, like when because I've been ignoring him, I just don't want anything to don't want to think about him, don't want to talk about him. And then they said something, and I was like, please God, because I knew in the back of my head this was happening, but I was ignoring it. They were like, he is the Republicans' number one candidate for presidential election again. Is he? Yes. Fuck off. And apparently he's a tide in the polls with Biden at the moment. So they were like, Biden's figures aren't great. Uh, so th- I, when they were talking about it, I was like, please, God, no. Please, God, no. Because I was ignoring him and hoping he would just fuck off and go away. But then I shouldn't have listened to that episode of the podcast today because I kind of knew. And when they said it, I was like, <laughs> I just. And then they were like, because they said CNN released a poll and they were like, 60% of Americans believe that Trump should be indicted. 60% of Americans disagree with Trump's, you know, rules, disagree with with what Trump did. But they were like, those 60%, you know, is not really reliable. And I was like, no. The thing about like statistics is, and the thing about the media in America, and the media in most countries, there is, that's actually not true. The media in America is so polarized right yeah so like it depends on who's answering your poll like so Mm. it's like but you know they they did say that like cnn and had done when this whole thing came out without those files he had hidden in mar-a-lago and they cnn had done a poll and they were saying something like 53 percent of americans didn't agree or didn't agree that he should be indicted but that's gone up to 60 percent now but once again they were like it's unreliable so I was like, I don't know. I just wish he'd die. There we go. Because I can't deal with his ugly ass face anymore. I just really can't. This man buried his ex-wife on his golf course so he wouldn't have to pay tax. Like, we are beyond dystopia at this point. Like, it's beyond a joke. If I die and you own yeah. anything and you can get a tax break by burying me there... I will 100% bury you there. Give you my permission to okay, awesome. be on that land. You have verbally given... Uh, signed your signed your verbal contract yeah. to let me to, to do let this me do that. My verbal contract to <laughs> let you bury me on your golf course owned by the time I die. Awesome. I'll come there and play on the ninth hole and more. The ninth hole. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think I have any housekeeping. No. Housekeeping. Yeah. No, I have nothing. Just thanks to everybody for their lovely messages and comments and stuff on our episodes. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Um, this week on the Patreon is the drive. That we recorded like a little video thing of us chatting. I don't know if Colin's going to use that this week or next week, but Colin's going to put that up. Um, so yeah, thank you to everybody who supports Patreon. We fucking really appreciate it. Like we really, really do. Legitimately do. Thank you very, very much. Um, but I have nothing else. Do you have anything else? No, just to tell you that I love you and I hope I love you too. I hope Or do you love the do you love podcast people or do you love me? I love you. Oh, okay, I love you too. <laughs> yeah, I love the podcast people too, but I love you more. No, you don't. Lies. Hey Colin, tell us about the Patreon. Sure thing, Lily Pops. Hey there, MMI fans. It's me, Colin, and do I have news for you. It's all going down over at www.patreon.com forward slash Irish, where we've totally revamped our Patreon offering for you mega fans. That's right. Now all of your favorite Patreon stuff can be found in one place as we bring you our MMI Super Show exclusively for Patreon, featuring all the usual banter and chat between Emma and Sarah Jane, plus me thrown into the bargain, along with Lily's Tales, Maximum 
Serena's bell bag and some surprises along the way. But that's not all. Every single week, due to popular demand, we will be bringing you a full-length story, whether it be miscellaneous most Irish for those cases that just don't fit on the main show, murder most international for those cases you guys have been crying out for, or even music most awesome where we talk about our favourite albums. But wait, there's even more! How about MMI Drive, the fan-favourite podcast show where Emma and Sarah Jane drive around Dublin talking about all sorts of shite, plus our monthly Ask Me Our segment where you get to pick the brains of the girls and maybe even ask me a question or two. So what are you waiting for? Come on over to www.patreon.com forward slash Irish and join in the fun for only six euros a month. Give my mommy six euros. Tickle in my throat. Okay, so this week I'm going to talk about the murder of a lady named Jane Toll Reese. Um, Jane is from the north of Ireland. She's from County Down, which she was from County Down. And my information, I got my information from Judiciary NY, uh, Belfast Live, The Daily Record, Newsletter.co.uk, The Irish News, BBC.co.uk, ITV.com in the independent.ie and the armai.com, which is a news, an online newspaper from Arma. So there are trigger warnings for mentions of sexual assault in this, also trigger warnings for an incredibly violent death uh, that Jane experienced. So just if that's not something you're in the headspace for, please do not listen. Um, so I'm going to start. Can you hear me okay, dude? So Christmas Eve 2017, 43-year-old Jane Toll Reese and her 21-year-old daughter Charlotte spent the day visiting family members and shopping for last-minute gifts. Jane's partner of six years, Joe Tweedy, spent the day with them and when they arrived home at around 6pm, the trio decided to start wrapping gifts. Um, so Jane and Joe had lived in their home in Mornington Lane, Lisburn for five years along with Joe's 19-year-old son, Nathan. Neighbours describe the area as quiet and full of families. And they also describe Jane and Joseph as, quote, polite and friendly people. Um, so they had one neighbour who, Jane and Joe had a, not a mammoth, what's the other dog? Uh, what are they called? I don't know, I just, an Alaskan mammoth? No, but they look like, they're, they're, they're not a mammoth, they look like a mammoth. I can't remember what they're called anyway. But they had one and his neighbour had one and they kind of bonded over that and he said that they were just such lovely, nice, kind of normal, quiet people. And then Joe had a son called Nathan and... Um, a Jane had, Maybe something like that. And Jane had a daughter called Charlotte and they were around the same age as well. Um, so Charlotte did not live in the property at Mornington Lane, but on Christmas Eve she wanted to spend the night with her mum and wake up with her on Christmas morning. Sleeping arrangements were discussed and it was decided that Jane would share a room with Charlotte and Joe would sleep in his son Nathan's room. So at midnight, Jane, Charlotte and Joseph said goodnight and went to sleep. Now, Nathan had spent the entire day in his bedroom. He didn't go out for Christmas shopping with them. He didn't wrap gifts. He just spent the entire day and night in his bedroom. Five hours later, Joseph Tweedy awoke to what he thought was a TV turned up extremely loudly. There was shouting and screaming, and when he looked around the room, he realised Nathan wasn't there. So Nathan's his son. Nathan's his son. So they decided, hey, me and you will stay in this room, and Charlotte and Jane can stay in the other room together, just like separate the rooms. Joseph darted out of bed and ran across the hall to the room Jane and Charlotte were sleeping in. 
He froze as he watched his son, covered in blood, repeatedly stabbing Jane as Charlotte screamed for help. Joseph grabbed Nathan, trying to take the knife out of his hand. He begged Nathan to stop, but his son was not listening and instead brought the knife down on his own father, stabbing him a number of times. So even though being stabbed, Joseph managed to overpower Nathan by taking the knife and holding him down. Joseph watched as Nathan seemed to calm down and he almost slumped to the ground. He turned to his father and he said, quote, it wasn't me, daddy. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. It's not me. I don't know what I'm doing. He then stood up and left the room. So I'm just going to talk a little bit about Jane. Unfortunately, there's not much information about Jane online. I got as much as I possibly could, but obviously her family want to keep some stuff private. It's absolutely fine. I completely understand that. So Jane Tolreet was born in 1974 in Bambridge in County Down. She grew up on Dromore Street, where she spent much of her childhood and teenage years helping out in her grandmother's sweet shop. After attending St. Mary's Primary School, she went on to study at St. Patrick's College. Jane met her husband, Simon, and in 1996, she gave birth to her only child, Charlotte. After giving birth to Charlotte, Jane went back to university to study mental health nursing. She worked at the Bluestone Unit in Craigavon and then moved on to Craigavon Area Hospital. Jane had a deep bond with her daughter, Charlotte, who described her mother as a selfless, kind, beautiful person. And Jane's colleagues described her as a bubbly, full-of-life person who was an incredible nurse. So Jane and Simon would go on to separate. And then in 2011, Jane met Joe. She moved to Lisburn to live with Joe and his then 13-year-old son, Nathan. It seemed Nathan had issues with Jane early on, believing his father gave more attention to his relationship with Jane than with Nathan. Nathan's anger towards Jane and his father began to take a terrifying turn when he began to fantasize about killing both of them. He believed Jane demeaned him and was trying to get him out of his father's house. So in turn, Nathan, on two separate occasions, purchased handcuffs, duct tape, a gas mask, a ski mask and a nine inch blade. In his head, this is what he said, he wanted to trap Jane and torture her. What? Yeah. But he did say this was all fantasy and he didn't truly believe he could commit these acts. So he kept having these same fantasies over and over again about murdering her or potentially murdering his father. But he said he didn't think he would ever act in them. So I'm going to go back now and talk about the night that uh, the terrible thing happened. So at 5.56 a.m., Jane and Joe's neighbours were woken up by the sounds of screaming coming from their property. They called the police who arrived within six minutes. Upon entering the house, the police found 19-year-old Nathan in the living room with a knife sheath on his waist. It was empty and he was covered in blood. Yeah, so that's like a, it holds and... You put the knife in. So not only did he like, not only did he have a knife, he had like the implement you put the knife into to carry around like fucking Rambo. His hands were covered in lacerations, which would later be discovered to be from the handle breaking on the knife as Nathan continued his rampage. When they asked him what happened, he replied calmly, can I ask a question? Who was it that was murdered? So he was all like, I don't remember what I did. I don't know. The police entered Jane's room to find the 43-year-old woman unresponsive, laying in her daughter's arms. As the paramedics worked on Jane, both Charlotte and Joe's injuries were also seen too. Charlotte had been stabbed in her face, head and neck, and Joe had been stabbed in his arms and face also. Now, the lovely Daily Mail 
being the scum of the earth that they are and the son, decided to put up pictures of this poor girl at her mother's funeral. What? Weeks after she had been, when I say mangled by this motherfucker, like she was, he cut her to pieces, Sarah. And they took pictures of it. So in the pictures, obviously you can see the damage that he's done. And I don't know how she's alive. Only for Joe stepping in, she'd be dead. 100% he was trying to kill her. So as the paramedics worked on Jane, they realized her injuries were far too extensive. As Charlotte Reith lay beside her, Jane told Reith was pronounced dead on Christmas morning, 2017. Jane had been stabbed seven times in the back with wounds nicking her spine, penetrating through her ribs and sternum at the front of her body and one which lacerated the aorta. As word of Jane's murder travelled throughout the area, it was met with complete shock and sadness. So John Creaney, who was the Unison Trade Union rep at the hospital where Jane worked, said, quote, I got the phone call at 11.30 a.m. on Christmas morning and I couldn't take it in. It felt as if someone had ripped my heart open. To think that other families were sitting together opening presents and this family was having to organize a funeral. Christmas morning, like... Joe and Charlotte were rushed to hospital as Nathan was cautioned and brought to a police station. He was forthcoming whilst being interviewed. He told the police that he had thought of murdering Jane or his father previously, and he also mentioned purchasing items to do so. Now, he also admitted to previously sexually assaulting 19-year-old Charlotte on the night of her 21st birthday, and he had wanted to sexually assault her the night he murdered Jane. What? So he had previously assaulted her. Now, the only thing about this is I'm a little bit confused by it because they don't really go into much detail about this is I don't know if Charlotte was aware this had happened to her. If he had done it while she was asleep because he went into her room that night while she was asleep to assault her. So he just admitted this to the police. He said, I did this. Charlotte didn't tell the police this. He told the police he did it. So I don't even think that poor girl knew what happened to her. He told the police that he entered the room. So this is what happened the day, the night that, that Jane was murdered. He told the police that he entered the room with a knife, having not decided if he would kill Jane or his father. He stood beside the bed for 10 minutes. And when the family dog entered the room, and, and the, so the dog came in and it woke Jane up because Jane and Charlotte were in the bed together. When Jane asked him what he was doing and it got out of the bed to confront him, he lunged at her and began stabbing her. Charlotte woke up to find her mother being attacked attacked and immediately tried to defend her. She fought and kicked and screamed, but to no avail. Nathan was in a complete frenzy. Charlotte said as Nathan stabbed her mother and then her, he was smiling. Nathan told the police that he did not know what he was doing at the time and he suggested he might have had a psychotic break. So on January 4th, 2018, Jane was laid to rest in Bambridge County Down. A devastated Charlotte helped carry her mother's coffin and cried out, it's not fair, it's not fair in the church. Earlier that day, Charlotte posted to her Facebook that her mother had died saving her life. She said, today will be a day I will never forget. My mum was murdered in front of my eyes and then later died in my arms. I can still feel her in my arms and hear her screams of pain and see the panic on her face. My mum died saving me. I was stabbed twice in the head once in the face and once in the back of my neck. Jane told Reese, you died saving my life and I just wish I could trade places with you. You're my hero forever and always and I will never forget you and I promise I will get you justice. 
I love you, my beautiful mummy, forever and always. On January 24th, 2019, so this is two years after this, Nathan Ward appeared in front of Craig Avon Crown Court where he pleaded guilty to all three charges brought before him. So the first charge, well, count one was murder, count two was attempted murder, and count three was wounding with intent. He was also charged with a sexual assault and attempted sexual assault of Charlotte Reed. So although Ward had argued he had had a psychotic break, after three psychiatric evaluations, it was found that he was of sound mind and was very aware of the crimes he had carried out. Charlotte sat in the public gallery and sobbed as Ward said guilty. She swore at Ward and said, I will kill you, I will kill you. Not only that, she jumped the barrier to get him. It's like, good girl, fucking good girl. Um, as Ward pleaded guilty, a trial was avoided. Judge Patrick Lynch QC um, said that once victim station statements were read, he would confirm the maximum time Ward would be jailed for. So he was sent back to jail then because he was like, well, you pleaded not guilty, you pleaded guilty, there's no trial, we're sending you back to jail and then you can come back for the final words and everything. So days later, during, during final court testimonies, prosecuting QC, Kieran Murphy, likened the incidents to something akin to a Pulp Fiction novel. He said the blood splattered was, quote, like something out of a horror movie. He also told Judge Lynch that Ward had purchased the knife with the intention of murdering Jane or his father. And his calm appearance after the murders was also described. So he was totally chill. He was downstairs being like, oh, who was murdered? Sir, you know who was murdered. So Judge Lynch told Ward that by murdering Jane and attempting to murder Charlotte, quote, you, Ward, have robbed her of her life and prospects. Nothing this court or you can ever do well, will, can ever do even to begin to undo the damage you have caused her through your own uncontrolled hatreds and passions. Which is exactly what happened. Judge Lynch said the court believed that Ward had attempted to sexually assault Charlotte that morning at 5 a.m., and Jane catching him is what spurred him into a violent rage. He said, quote, to have had an unhealthy sexual obsession with Charlotte, not reciprocated, which in part at any rate underlies the tragic events giving rise to the Christmas Day murders. The judge reminded Ward of when he told the police that when Jane challenged what he was doing, he, quote, said, I just snapped. I just had to go for it. So he wasn't in any way being like, oh, uh, you know, I, I, he fucking massacred her. He didn't care. Like So he told Ward the murder was aggravated by the fact that his victim had been asleep and vulnerable in her own home. The gratuitous violence used in the tax and that the killing was carried out to, quote, defeat the ends of justice by killing two witnesses to his sexual assault of Charlotte. His reaction was, by implication, an attempt to cover up his own perverted actions by silencing the two potential witnesses, however irrational response that may have been. So that was verbatim from the Belfast Telegraph. Judge Lynch handed down a, a sentence of 17 years. 12 years for the murder of Jane, five years for wounding his father, and five years on each of the sexual assaults, with all those sentences to be served concurrently to the life term. 17 years, he'll be 40, 30, no, he'll be about 50 when he gets out. Why is he get? what do you, I just would have assumed he, sometimes in the Irish judicial system, it's better if they're found to be mentally incapable. Mentally incapable, yeah. don't ever get out. Mm -hmm. So speaking after the hearing, Charlotte said, this has been an extremely long and tough journey without my mum, and it will only continue. 
The courts are finally over. However, I will never see my mummy again. And this destroys me. She was my best friend, my everything. And I love her so much. Nathan's father, Joe, said that his life has been destroyed, that he lost his partner and his son, which is true. Detective Inspector Michelle Griffin summed up the horrific ordeal, saying, no young woman should have to see their mother murdered and to hold them in their arms as they pass away. Charlotte and her mother should have been waking up looking forward to the excitement of Christmas. Instead, Jane was savagely murdered and Charlotte and Joe's life were changed forever. And that is the story of Jane Tolreath, the horrific Christmas fucking day murder of that poor woman and how her daughter is now traumatized for life. God, Emma, that's awful. And not only that, like, she was attacked too. Like, he tried to kill her, only his dad stood in. She would probably be dead too. And for what, like? For what? It's just so pointless. And this is another murder, uh, another femicide in the North, which is... Yeah, like it's it's femicide in the north of Ireland is absolutely out of control. Like there's a lady the, that follows us, Lady B Per Lid, Lid, L, what's it, Lady B Persing? Oh yeah. She was messaging me, she sent me voice notes today, she's the sweetest thing. And she was saying that it's wor it's worse than you can imagine up there. Oh uh, yeah, like it's just for the race for the way the, the, the frequency at which they're happening. Um and the way most of them are not being investigated properly or unless the media get wind of them, they're kind of being being ignored. Um, it's absolutely horrific. So I'm her daughter, uh, Charlotte, is a dancer. And um, she released some videos of doing some like interpretive dance about what happened and her mother passing away and stuff like that. And they're actually really beautiful. But you can see how heartbroken she is. I mean, I don't even... And that poor man as well, Joe, her partner, her, his his partner is dead and now his son is in jail for murdering her. Like, how do you quantify that? But anyway, life is terrible. <laughs> yeah, but it is that, like, I was thinking and I didn't want to say because I like kind of belittled the situation. But could you imagine living on that road and being Christmas no. Day, this has happened? But that's what they were and, saying, like. And uh, you're it, trying to explain to your kids what? Santa came, but also. What the fuck is going on, like. Like that's but that's like the her na they interviewed the neighbors and the neighbors were like we are just because where she lives is such a tiny little road like it's almost like you know where Gar lives that kind of cul-de-sac thing and like the neighbors were all like they heard like six o'clock in the morning kids are up getting their toys at that time do you know what I mean and they're screaming coming from like a house up the road and then it's and then the poor gentleman is walking out with like uh, uh, a bandage around his head and Charlotte is walking out with bandages around her and he turned to one of his neighbours and was like can you look after our dog I'm so afraid that something's going to happen to the dog he was like Jane loves that dog so just the whole thing is a fucking shit show and I feel so bad for that family and I feel so bad for that poor girl Charlotte and I really hope she's okay but like it's a fucking mess dude Truly and honestly, like, they need to start changing their laws and they need to implement harsher laws on people that are like, 17 years for that. I'm sorry. Rot. Like, you should be in jail for the rest of your life, you fucking bastard. 43 years old, like, he murders 43. And she was so beautiful, Sarah. I know that doesn't matter, but she's such a beautiful, lovely person. Like, I don't know. The world's a fucking nightmare. Yeah, it's it's times when we do this podcast at the end in particular and you've told a story like that where it's like there's nothing you can no. say. There's nothing no. it's so incredibly pointless. Yeah. 
Like and, just and it's so incredibly difficult because we just tell the same story over and over again. Yeah, nothing changes. Nothing's and changing. Like in the north, it's just getting worse, and people yeah. aren't. Like I haven't heard a single pundit in the north talk about femicide as like a political argument to be like, yeah. I I want to come and change this for you. Like yeah. go for me, bring me in. I haven't heard a single pundit talking about that. It's just about. And it's all it's all grassroots organizations that are trying to help. It's all people that are are getting nothing for us that just want to help this and get stricter laws like into place. Like I told you that you women being strangled is not seen as a, a precursor to murder in the north. They don't see and it's one of the first signs that unfortunately you're going you're probably going to die is being strangled like that. It's just a fucking shit show. It's like, just, it's, oh, I'm thinking now of that guy from the Marvel, uh, what's his name? He was arrested the other day for abusing his girlfriend. Uh, oh, the fuck is his name? He's the new uh, Here, Creed. What's the guy that's in Creed? No, the other guy. The baddie in it. I don't know if he's a baddie, but I'm sure he's like... I can't think of his name right now. Mike, no. Yeah, I know the guy. He was arrested for like strangling his girlfriend and then his lawyers released text messages to TMZ to try and clear his name and when I tell you the language used in the text messages is every word of an abused woman she was like I'm sorry I shouldn't have I shouldn't have taken your phone um we'll get you out of this they don't understand what happened like it is literally when I was reading the text messages I was like this is a woman who has been abused who was trying her best to fix the situation. Like, and the, her, the, his lawyers released those texts thinking everybody would be like, oh, he didn't do it. She said, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have grabbed your phone. Literally, she is apologizing for taking his phone and she thinks that being strangled is equal to what she did. And his dumbass lawyers leaked these text messages to fucking TMZ. Like, they're just, but that is the thing. It's like, you can tell abuse, like you can tell when a woman is being abused by the language that they use because they're apologizing for something they didn't do. Or her, she was apologizing because she didn't want to upset him. Is his name Jonathan know. Majors? That's the guy. And then apparently people found tweets from like last year um, and from the start of this year from actors in the New York industry being like, not saying his name, but being like, there's an actor at the moment who is getting really big buzz and people are constantly making thirst tweets about him. And he's one of the worst human beings I've ever met in my life. And every time I see him one, it makes me want to like throw up. And they're all talking about him. Apparently he is fucking insane. And it's funny because I was listening to The Read the other day and Crystal was saying, she was like, you know, people are saying, oh, but he's so nice in interviews. I'm like, he's so like, he's being, you know, he talks about masculinity and the patriarchy. And, you know, he's trying to make things different. And then she was like, and he's an actor. He's acting. And I was like, yeah. It's kind of, you forget, like, he's, he's I'm not saying every actor is like that. Because I said this to Flavio and he made a good point. He was like, but saying that is like stating that every actor is acting outside of, I was like, no, no, no. What I'm saying is when you, when men want to put on that front, when you're an actor, it's really easy to do it. Um, but I hope that girl is okay too. And I hope she's getting the help that she needs. Okay, everybody. Have a lovely week and we shall see you next week. Yeah, we're back to normal next week. Oh, fuck, yes. I write a story. Bollocks. <laughs> be okay. Okay, say bye. Bye. Be a fat shot. Be a fat shot. Be a fat shot.
Oh, sorry, are you Sean Connery? 